Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reformed Podmatics. My name is Pastor Mark. And I am Pastor Zach. And um, today we are going to jump right into the topic. It is discussing this issue of sabbaticals and um, something that I'm pretty excited to talk about because uh, it's not just something we speak of in theory. It's going to be something that is reality for me very soon, taking a sabbatical uh, from my regular work here at Almond Valley this summer and something that Zach experiences in a different kind of way as, as he'll be uh, stepping into my role of regularly preaching Sunday mornings and evenings, um, really May, June, July, and into August a little bit. And so um, we don't just want to talk about what I'm going to be doing, but thinking about sabbaticals uh, generally, thinking about a sabbatical theologically, and um, hopefully answering some questions about um, not just questions that people in the church would have about my time, but um, I would guess anybody who going to a church would um, at least have heard of the practice of pastors taking a sabbatical and would wonder, is that a good idea? Is that biblically supported? It's, is it a healthy thing, or is it um, just sort of a, a cushy modern convenience that some pastors get for some reason when not a lot of other people would get that opportunity? And so... We're gonna we're gonna discuss why obviously um, at Ammon Valley we think it's a good thing why I think it's a good thing and uh, and hopefully um, encourage people to to think biblically about this. Yeah, so that sh- we should add to this maybe an announcement that Mark, you are going on your sabbatical, yep. and that means your last Sunday here will be May twenty first, mm-hmm. uh, and so the this podcast will be. Uh, changing quite a bit for the course of the summer. Uh, there are some things in the works. We still have to hammer out a few details, uh, but you can expect all of you who listen weekly, uh, things will probably uh, slow down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we're not exactly sure what it will look like uh, once Mark is gone, uh, but there are things in the works, and so stay tuned. Yeah. I would say instead of kicking into high gear, we will probably be kicking into low gear. <laughs> uh, we will probably do more sporadic episodes over the course of the summer, uh, and so more information on that to come. But just so you know, mm-hmm. uh, this, the weekliness of this podcast will uh, will expire at a certain point. Although, Lord willing, come August, we will get right back into it once Mark and I are are both back in the saddle here. And so we will pick up sort of where we have left off uh, here in May. And so, yeah, yeah. I would guess one of our first episodes will be what happened this summer. <laughs> and so that might be kind of an interesting part two of this yeah. episode of, of hearing on the, from the other side of, of how things have gone for, for Zach and his role and for, for me with my family doing a lot of travel. Yeah. Along those lines, what are the sort of uh, general itinerary details uh, if you if you wouldn't mind yeah. exploring those with us yeah well and um, sometimes when I talk about this or when somebody sees the title they would say sabbatical what kind of weird word is that what, what are you talking <laughs> about um, and so sabbatical is uh, the root is Sabbath and so it's a reference to rest mm-hmm. and um, it's a season of, of withdrawing from 
the typical work that I do at at church, which for me is very predominantly teaching related, and so that includes um, a morning sermon. And that at our church we have a different evening service. Um, some some churches have various. Sunday services where the pastor preaches the same sermon three mm-hmm. times, maybe two times. Um, but at, at our church, we have um, a morning service with a unique sermon and an evening service that same day, 6 p.m., with a different sermon. Mm-hmm. And so um, that takes probably 50% to 60% of my time is preparing sermons and preaching mm-hmm. them, uh, practicing them. And uh, in addition to that, I teach... Uh, the high school catechism class, and obviously we do this podcast as well. And so I'll often tell people I'm a minister of the word, and that includes teaching the word of God. And so mm-hmm. it's really in those four arenas that that are probably about eighty percent to eighty five percent of the work that I do. Um, mm-hmm. Very similar for Zach, actually, in terms of teaching yeah. young people and uh, preaching, and and this podcast as well. So, um, so that's the normal routine, and and this is going to be. A time where I don't have to prepare sermons and I don't have to <laughs> produce, you might say. It's a time of renewal and um, it isn't a vacation in the traditional sense that that a vacation is um, is just sort of fun time where I just do whatever I want, you know, basically, and, and yeah. don't have to worry about any sort of um, work-related type of thing. Um, during the sabbatical, I, I am... Uh, I am going to be reading a lot and uh, filling up my soul with truths from God's Word and from great books. And um, to answer your question, Zach, that's going to include uh, a bike pilgrimage in northern England. And I'm extremely excited about that. I'm actually going to get to go and do that with my dad. And so he and I will start in Newcastle in northern England, right near Scotland. And we will bike south through four cathedral cities and so that will be Newcastle and Durham and Ripon and... Um, Our sister city. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then uh, ultimately going to York, which is one of the major cathedrals in the world. And so um, the idea there is to take nine days of cycling, which is um, something that actually I've grown to enjoy a lot, um, just uh, clearing my mind, exercising, um, being on my way somewhere, uh, and uh, and enjoying the the journey, not just the trying to get to the destination, but as I've grown and and my enjoyment of hiking and biking and travel, I'm I'm really growing in my my love for getting there and not just the the place itself. And that's really one of the themes is is pilgrimage. And so the pilgrim isn't just thinking about where they're going, but but how they're going to get there and uh, how they're mm-hmm. going to learn as they go. And so. Uh, that begins with that bike pilgrimage in England, and then my family will join me in London for a week, and then we'll be in Germany for a week as well. And so three weeks in Europe is the beginning of the the uh, sabbatical, and then the rest of the 11 weeks is uh, a lot of family visits. My family is in the Midwest. My wife's family is in British Columbia, and so we'll spend time with them as well. And mm-hmm. very thankfully... Uh, this is all covered by a grant that I received through um, the Lilly Endowment. Um, it's called the Clergy Renewal Project. And um, we would not be doing almost any of this if it wasn't for 
this grant that our church has received, a very, very generous grant that covers the expenses of all the travel and, and uh, lodging and so forth. So um, that was a very intense interview, or not interview, but application process. And uh, yeah, thankfully, I, I received the grant, and um, and it's going to happen. If I wouldn't have received the grant, it would be a short sabbatical of visiting family, but hmm. now we're going to get to do some really exciting things in, in northern England, London, and Germany. Yeah, so you, I guess you could say, in some sense, it's a vacation, I, if yeah. you want to be cynical. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, it's I, a productive vacation yeah. where you're not exactly turning off. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you go on vacation, it's the common practice is to turn off the email, turn off the cell phone, mm-hmm. or at least... Check uh, out. Yeah. yeah <laughs> at least to put it in, on silent. Uh, and yeah, just be away from things. That, that is kind of the idea, I think, mm-hmm. from what it sounds like, uh, from what I know about sabbaticals. And I have not been thinking about it quite as rigor, rigor, rigorously sorry as you mark uh but it's 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 travel uh, it's rest but it's all with a a purpose in mind of being restored and uh sort of inspired to use a more modern word uh, upon return and you know if people think this is a modern thing it's mm. it's really not uh, there's a well-known story maybe you could tell of Jonathan Edwards mm-hmm. uh, going on a sabbatical. What was his his sabbatical, Mark? Yeah, well, he would regularly, I, I believe the schedule that he kept was after each quarter, he would take two weeks off wow. and basically go sit in a cabin and look at spiders and just like, um, he loved bugs. Very he loved to, to look <laughs> yeah. at nature. Um, in fact, that spider analogy is right there in his most famous, famous sermon, Sinners in mm-hmm. the Hands of an Angry God. And... Um, and so, if you think of it, that's eight weeks a year that he had to yeah. to rest and think and um, observe instead of just producing. Yeah. And the irony there, of course, is that that's some of the most productive times that we have are, hmm. um, are are when we don't have to we don't have the deadline. I think that's one of the keys of the sabbatical is learning without a deadline. Hmm. And so it's it's learning for for my soul's sake. And praying for my soul's sake instead of praying that mm. I get this sermon done and it's a good sermon for Sunday. You know, it's a re- it's a really different kind of praying yeah. and thinking and producing. And mm. so, um, yeah, Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s had this regular routine of of rest, and it was a significant amount of time. Mm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, when people hear about it, when I heard about it. To be quite honest, several years ago, I thought it was cushy and modern and hmm. kind of in the line of this self-care movement, which sometimes can be a bit of an idolatry of entertainment and an idolatry of self yeah. um, and isn't always driven by a desire to work hard for the Lord, um, but is yeah. is really seeking to kind of escape and do the bare minimum and, and, and keep the job. Um, maybe that's not what the whole self-care movement is about, but I sense a little <laughs> bit of that. Um, there's a great book by Christopher Ash called um, Zeal Without Burnout. Hmm. Or, um, and, uh, and, and so that's, that's what I want to strive towards. I yeah. want to be a zealous minister who serves well and works hard. Hmm. Uh, I don't want to burn out. But I think in, in the self-care movement, there's so much talk about burnout that many ministers lose their zeal for ministry and 
quite honestly, might not work as hard as they're supposed to work because they're so focused on self-care and, mm-hmm. um, and, and boundaries. That's a, that was a big word about 15 years ago. Yeah, that was. Um, and, uh, yeah, that book by the cloud, um, yeah. uh, was it the cloud brothers, I think cloud maybe. Yeah. Townsend. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. And, um, and so I, I desire to learn and grow and, uh, change even, yeah, um, and go to church with my family every week and so forth. But um, I think it'll be really good to to do that without the deadline of Sunday. Hmm. Um, not that that looms large over me because I love Sunday and I love to write sermons, but it will be good for me to uh, to kind of reprogram a little bit and defrag to yeah. use another uh, <laughs> um, uh, computer word image. It it all makes me think a little bit. Just as somebody who really loves church history, I think of the the whole uh, Protestant work ethic trope, you might say. Yeah. Uh, and there's definitely truth to it. Protestants were known as being very uh, economical, uh, hardworking uh, Christians. And not to say that Catholics weren't. I think Catholics have a fairly strong work ethic too. Uh, but Protestants came to be known that way because they started to see. Uh, less of a clear distinction between secularism and and spiritual the spiritual world uh, and they started to see that all of work was holy work if done well and if done for the glory of God and so Protestants are those who push for hard work uh, endurance strength energy yeah. all of these things in the workplace and so I think the idea of a sabbatical can seem a bit weird in in Protestant and particularly in Reformed circles like ours, where there is this sort of sense that uh, we need to always keep our our hands to the plow, uh, keep on grinding, uh, because that's what glorifies God, that's what's best, and so we we shouldn't rest. God gave us the Sabbath day to rest, but other than that, uh, we should we should work hard, and there shouldn't be seasons of of breaks. I I kind of think that, that that misses the point to think in purely those terms. Uh, there's times in Jesus's own ministry where he, of course, pulls away and prays. He is by himself. He is isolated on purpose. He is doing something different. He is breaking from, you might say, a normal routine. Uh, there's also, I think the Bible doesn't doesn't teach us that there's only one pastor in a church who should be doing all of the teaching and preaching. Mm. Um, there should be a plurality of elders who are able to to do these sorts of things. And so that to me suggests that uh, it's okay for for a pastor, if, there, if there's one who has the main charge of teaching and preaching, to take a break mm. and to get away from it. Uh, and so we are blessed here at this church with two pastors. And so because Mark is, is going to be taking a break uh, on his sabbatical for the summer, I, I will be doing the lion's share of teaching and preaching then. Uh, I don't know if I'll be as, uh, as uh, I don't know, good at, at making my time uh, uh, as useful. You said that you spend 50 to 60% of your time writing sermons in a week. I think that that for me will probably be closer to eighty or ninety percent of my time, at least at first. I'll have to figure out my well. Yeah, how you to just get into this. Well. You get into the groove, and right? What you'll find. So you I'm know. I'm not in that groove. Sure. Uh, my sermons that I write for youth group are a lot different than the sermons I write for mm. for church. Um, 
I, I spend a lot of time thinking about my sermons for youth group, but I just write them very differently. The process is, is very different. Uh, for one thing, my church sermons are usually a manuscript, and then my youth group sermons are uh, sort of bullet points on a slide that I kind of just speak off the cuff. I find that that works better for young people uh, to be listening to something that's more organic or natural. Uh, but that being said, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it this summer. I think it'll be a good challenge. And I expect that over the first month or so, I will uh, struggle with uh, making my time work for me well, but then I'll kind of get, as you said, into the groove and kind of figure it out so that by July or August, I I think I'll have it down to a sort of well-oiled machine, Lord Lord willing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see when I get there. That was a huge factor for the council approving my sabbatical plans and the church getting behind it is that Zach is here and uh, appreciated very much as a pastor and preacher. And so um, I was just talking about this with the pastor who came in to my office this morning. And that was the first thing I said, cause he was a little bit interested in thinking about a sabbatical. And, mm. and I said uh, to me, step one was going to be the church's question what are we going to do while you're gone? Yeah. And um, not that like I'm like the center of the church or whatever, like, but, but that's just a sort of a practical question that people sure. wonder. And <clears throat> that answer was really easy. It was that you had already, you know, we talked about it very early on and Zach had said, yeah, I think, I think I could do that and I think it would be good. And mm-hmm. so when we're presenting the idea to the council and the church, it was, this is a great opportunity for Zach it's a great opportunity for the church to hear from someone else. Mm-hmm. And and if I get the, the grant approved, which I did, it's a great opportunity for our family that um, that we could travel to some really interesting places and to go and see family and get renew those relationships, hmm. both within the family and with my family and Pam's as well. And so um, it just seemed that the Lord was putting all the puzzle pieces in place for us. And then when the grant request was approved, then it was um, a really joyful day in my family where um, we didn't just see it as some people in Indiana um, saying that they were going to send us some money, to, but but really as the Lord's approval of it's time for rest. Yeah. And um, that that was really a powerful and wonderful realization that it was God saying to us, um, a rest will be good for you. And, um, and that, so that's, that's one of the points that I really want to be almost the main point of this episode is, is that as a pastor, um, we, you and Isaac have relationships with the church, but ultimately it's our relationship with the Lord that we need to be thinking most about. Hmm. And, um, to me, that is the, the ultimate purpose of a sabbatical, um, is, is some time that I will have to to examine myself before the Lord, reading his word, and spending time in prayer. Um, I know that hmm. it can be tempting as pastors just to be people pleasers. We talked about that last week. Yeah. But but um, not just people pleasers, but but people, just people focused. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> Oh, absolutely. And, and this will be this chance to to say to the Lord, what do I need to do to grow and change? Um, I listen to a lot of other podcasts um, on sabbaticals lately, and one good word picture that was used is you can't sharpen a chainsaw while it's running. Hmm. And and so 
the purpose there is applied to sabbaticals is now I, I hope to be sharpened, um, not so much that I can just be a better pastor for the church, but to be sharpened by the Lord because it's my relationship with him that yeah. everything else kind of flows out of. Yeah, I think the the pastor's line of work, if we want to call it that, if we can call it that, I know it's not a job so much as it is a vocation, it's a calling, uh, but it is a it is a unique line of, of work or vocation uh, where there is a lot of production. There's a lot of uh, blurring of the lines between our own uh, devotion mm-hmm. to the Lord with our work. Mm-hmm. And whether we like it or not, it's a, I think it's just a blatant fact that uh, for, for most Christians, coming to church is a time of of uh, getting to take a break, to push the cares of the world aside. To receive. And yeah. to receive. Yeah. And it is that for pastors. Yeah. I, yeah. Coming to church, even when I'm preaching, yeah. is is a blessing, and Absolutely. it's a time of rest. Uh, but it's not quite the same uh, same sort of relaxation <laughs> that it is when you are just getting to go to church. And I, I know this well because most Sundays I get to sit and just listen to the sermon. I get to sing the songs. I get, don't have to participate uh, very much at all most weeks. And so, and then there are weeks where I'm, I'm leading the service and I'm, I'm preaching. And so I see that difference and it is, it's very distinct. It's very different. Uh, and so I think it'll be good for you, Mark, for the next two or three months or so, the next 11 weeks, once you start yeah. uh, to be able to, yeah, unplug and enjoy going to Christian worship services, going to church services, uh, and getting to sit in a pew mm. and receive the sacrament and hear hear preaching that is is from Scripture. That that will be good for you to not have to do that. Uh, it's it's. I don't know how you feel about it, but if I put myself in your shoes, I think about my last semester of seminary. Uh, just trying to finish up, and I remember thinking, I cannot wait till I get to read what I want to read, <laughs> <laughs> sure, and not being not having to read what I'm told to read. I, I loved the books that I was told to read and forced to read in seminary, but uh, I really looked forward to a time of just kind of uh, doing my own thing a little bit and being done with school, the rigors of school mm. uh, for a time, and that's how I I imagine sabbatical will be. It'll be uh, putting aside the rigors of ministry and getting to draw close to the Lord, uh, to do things that will inspire you, uh, that will uh, challenge you, and learning that great theme of pilgrimage on your on your bike ride, yeah. uh, that will be, I think, really really special as well to spend that with your your father. Um, and so, yeah, I th- I think it's a great thing. I think sabbaticals. Uh, as you said, can be used and justified in, in bad ways, I think, uh, but they, they can be a time of great blessing, not only to the one who's on it, but to the church at the end of the process. Yeah, all really good thoughts. I um, Your last little comment there <laughs> prompts some, some thoughts for me a little bit of the hmm. kind of the bad of sabbaticals. Um, I I think that if there's any pastor listening to this who's thinking about applying or, or talking to their council or congregation about sabbatical, I think that there are some pretty wrong and and um, counterproductive ways to bring this up or to talk about it, maybe even for how to think about it as a member of the church. Um, I was just presenting to our congregation last week um, 
some of the plans. And, and one of the things that I wanted to address was, um, is this something that I need? Like sometimes mm-hmm. pastors will play their hand uh, or, 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 or play things so so strongly that yeah. they they act they act like if I don't get this I am I am burning out I am done mm-hmm. I am I've had it up to here you know mm-hmm. um, and that's not a good first of all that reveals a lot about what's happening already in the pastor's heart that yeah. that there's something going on that's that's not good um, or something that's so serious that maybe he needs something other than a sabbatical. Um, like some counseling or some accountability or so forth. And so to the congregation, I just wanted to say, do I need this, you know, need in all caps? I don't know if I need it mm-hmm. in in that sense of if I don't have this, I don't know if I could be a pastor anymore because yeah. I'm just so tired. Um, this, But it is a great blessing. It is a mm-hmm. grace from God for me and for for my family and even a grace from, from you, Zach, to agree to, to preach. Um and so I, I don't want it to sound ever like, and I know a lot of pastors do this, that if this doesn't happen, they can't go on. Um, yeah. Because sometimes pastors do that when they want to get their way and can very become manipulative with spiritual kinds of things hmm. to get a vacation or to get something yeah. that they want. Um, I've, we've experienced this as a family and, and other churches where a pastor wants a certain program to go a certain way. And then he'll say, if you care about the gospel, then you'll agree with me on this point. I think that's a little bit of how hmm. pastors can approach and present sabbaticals to their churches. And I, I just really, really strongly caution against that. Hmm. Um, we just presented it as something that would be really wonderful for our family and getting to reconnect with one another and other family members and something good for the church too. And that they get to hear from, from you. Hmm. And it's not a dire situation, I guess is my <laughs> point. And, um, and that's a good place to be as a church and we can thank God for that. Yeah. I doubt a sabbatical would be a remedy, a true remedy to a yeah. dire situation. Uh, it may in, in some ways exacerbate the, the issues that are yeah. lying underneath the hood as Absolutely. it were. Uh, it may may think that may make the uh, the pastor think, oh man, this is really great not being in that sort of ministry role. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I I need to get out of it, and maybe they do. <laughs> These are all be. theoretical uh, thoughts I'm having here, but uh, or it may uh, cause the congregation to uh, appreciate someone else more, which is something that we you've also heard, I know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a fear of some pastors saying, oh, we shouldn't go on sabbaticals because maybe they'll like the next guy more, uh, which I, I doubt will be the case over the course of this no, summer. It'll be good. Uh, but it will be different. I think, yeah, we are inevitably different people, and so yeah. we preach differently. We we uh, work things out differently, um, and that'll be okay. It is what it is. I think the congregation is ready for that. And it's not like I don't preach as it is, yeah. and so people, people sort of know what to expect from me. I think at this point, um, and there won't be any sort of uh, Apollos or Paul thing going on here. <laughs> I think we'll be, uh, we'll be okay. Yeah, but, and, and part of that is that we want to encourage each other publicly. I think we do that on oh, the yeah. podcast, and we do that also during worship, where um, I'll I'll refer to Zach's sermon from last week. He'll refer to my sermon from the week before. It's like. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that we're a team to people, and there's no rivalry or animosity between Zach and I. And um, to me, that's just going to flow right into the sabbatical so well 
Um, you know, Zach uh, prayed for our family when he preached a couple weeks ago, and we were at the service and prayed about the sabbatical, and there was some clapping in the church, and that doesn't happen in our church very often, but, yeah, but to no, me that... Usually no clapping. No, but that just showed to me the spirit of our church in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and, and how we're cooperating in this kind of thing, Yeah, that, man, I'm just not worried. I listened to that yeah. podcast with the suspicious pastor and, and how he said, well kiss your job goodbye because they're going <laughs> to like the next guy more. It's like, holy cow, insecure pastor. Um, this yeah. is a pastor who had been in ministry for you know 40 plus years, I think. And and I'm like, wow, that that's a certain type of cynicism mm-hmm. towards your church and even towards the Lord that I just don't want to have any part of it. I don't want to communicate. But we don't go into it fearful. Uh, we go into it just seeing that we think it's going to be a good blessing. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. We are a good team, Mark. <laughs> uh, we yeah. can pat ourselves on the back a little bit for that one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, well it, it's a biblical. It's like there's a lot of commands in Scripture that get attention, like the, the Ten Commandments, obviously. But one of the great implied commands of the New Testament is pastors who get along and who serve together. We're we're preaching through Acts, hmm. and it's a it's a shuffling Rolodex of names, basically, who's with Paul throughout yeah. the time that, that he is traveling. And it's Barnabas, and it's Timothy, and it's um, it's Luke, and, and other people um, sort of thrown in there, too. And the implied command there is work alongside other ministers, and sometimes it's going to be um, Paul taking the lead. Sometimes it's going to be something else as he leaves Timothy behind in Ephesus and mm-hmm. so forth. It's like, that's just wise, good biblical ministry is pastors getting along, serving Christ, preaching the same gospel together. Yeah, that we do it differently. We all have yeah. different personalities, and God speaks through personalities in different ways. Uh, but that's that's exactly right. There is a plurality of leadership in the church, uh, and that's not only seen in the epistles, but that's, as you've said, very clearly seen in the book of Acts. That's a great point. Uh, and so I hope that people will walk away from this summer uh, in our congregation uh, not thinking, oh, wow, isn't Zach so great? Why don't we have Zach preach more? I don't think that they're going to think that. I'm not, uh, I don't have any expectation that that will be the case. I I think it will be an appreciation for God and his, I, I hope, I hope it's an appreciation for how God uses different people. Uh, and I hope that it's a joy just maybe for our congregation to hear someone different than Mark, mm-hmm. but that I hope it's a joy when Mark comes back and they'll think, oh man, we, we've missed Mark. We've yeah. missed his preaching as well. And so it will be, it'll be good. And I, I think that this sort of actually leads into one of the points that I've had about this whole sab- sabbatical thing, which is uh, how it's spiritually restorative. Uh, it, 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 it can be. I, I've never been on a sabbatical myself. I've not been working or alive long enough to feel like I uh, deserve one. I've only been here for six years. Uh, I'm only 32 years old. Uh, and so give me a few or, few more years and maybe <laughs> I'll feel like I need one <laughs> or not sure. need one, as you said. Yeah. Uh, I'll want one. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I have done a fair amount of travel. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've done a little bit of it. Um, whether that's a weekend getaway with my wife, um, which we do very sporadically, uh, or whether that's like our trip to England that we just went on back in March. Um, so doing these sorts of traveling uh, journeys, I've definitely realized how great it can be for me spiritually. Uh, 
back when I was in seminary, it was the summer between my second and third year, I got to go to England for the first time. My brother was living out there with his wife, and so that was being right in the middle of seminary. I'd been studying a lot of church history, particularly church history having to do with the Church of England and Presbyterianism and the Puritans. And so when I went out to England, I uh, I went all out. I had a whole week to myself. They were working all week, so I would just kind of mm-hmm. use their apartment as my home base and went out and about every day. I went to different churches and to the Bunhill Fields, for example. I went to Oxford and uh, saw some of the C.S. Lewis things that I wanted to see. I didn't see his house. I saw that this last time I was there and just a couple of months ago now. Uh, but got to go to these important churches. Back in 2016, I got to go to Canterbury Cathedral, which was a wonderful experience. And so the in, pilgrimage site of the middle the Middle Ages, yep, basically. Right? Exactly. Yep. And it was it was pretty spectacular, I will say. I got to I stumbled into a lot of uh, little churches that I wasn't even planning to visit. I would just see them and all of those churches in England are open during the day and so you can just walk in. Um and so getting to do these sorts of things uh was a great reminder. One of the things that comes up to mind to me when I go to great churches like this uh, or old churches just in general is that these churches withstood generation after generation of change. Uh, not just change in the world, but change in the congregation itself. I think about Ammon Valley. We've we've been a church now for a little over 40 years. Uh, what would it look like for Ammon Valley or a church like Ammon Valley to be around for 300, 400 a thousand years. Uh, it would have to be a church that is not stuck on any uh, one uh, sort of leader, any one sort of way of doing things. We'd have to be a church that is okay with uh, new people coming into the church and bringing life and joy to our church. Uh, and so it just makes me think. And so uh, that's one one thing that I th- think about often. I also just appreciate worship in different styles, different ways whether that's uh, Anglican churches that I've been to in England or I've been to several Presbyterian or Reformed churches or uh, or just evangelical churches in my travels here in the States. Uh, and, and so there's all sorts of different things that you can learn. And so traveling and seeing different congregations, seeing Christianity lived in different contexts, uh, for me, it does two things. It teaches me what Christianity can look like. It sort of shifts my yeah. plausibility structures, uh, and and seeing like, wow, it can it can be different than what it is. It can be even better than what I've experienced. Uh, but it also makes me always appreciate what I have uh, grown up with and what I have now. Going to churches in England, uh, for example, makes me appreciate the churches I've been privilege to be a member of uh, and throughout my life. And so I think about, yes, what what great things does this church have that my experiences don't have, but also what great things have my experience and given me that this church uh, doesn't have. And in some grand way, I think that churches, congregations, and even denominations sort of are similar to Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12's famous passage on how there's many members of the body and they each have their own gift. Uh, So I'll I'll read a few verses here, uh, verse 12 through 14. 
He says, for just as one, just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made, made to drink of this, of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So then he talks about the different body parts and how the, all of our body parts must work together. And in some way, I think that denominations, Christian traditions, uh, sort of, you could think of them as body parts all fitting into the greater Christian body, the Catholic uh, universal church, the historic church. Uh, we all have different strengths and things that we add. And so in traveling and seeing Christianity lived in different contexts, I think we learn uh, we learn a lot for ourselves. And for me, as somebody who works in ministry, hmm. that is really revitalizing and helpful, refreshing, uh, and and inspiring. It gives me a, it increases my zeal, I think, for ministry and for doing what I do. Yeah, that's, um, that's what we really want to gain, um, from a lot of the travel that we do is new experiences while at the same time an enjoyment of home. Uh, in fact, I think that's part of the purpose of pilgrimage. If you read Psalm 84, it begins, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord, Hmm. and then recognizes even the sparrow has a home near the temple of the Lord. And then Psalm 84, verse 5, blessed are those in whose hearts are the highways of Zion, whose strength is in the Lord. And so they, they are enjoying hmm. where the Lord has them, but also are enjoying and even seeking um, new experiences of who God is, what the church looks like, um, trying to grow while they also um, sort of uh, bloom where they're planted, as the old saying goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so Psalm 84 is, is just a... It's really the the center text of my sabbatical, um, enjoying the dwelling place of God, um, and in in a sense, I hope to grow mm. in my appreciation of Almond Valley and of the people here, and I'm yeah, sure absolutely. I will. While also seeing um, this church does something this way, or mm-hmm. they greet in this way, or this pastor um, preached a series or was in the middle of a series when I was there on a Sunday. Wow. That's a thoughtful thing to preach through. Um, never thought of it that way. And so I would bring things back with me, souvenirs, you might Mm say, um, theological souvenirs, um, spiritual souvenirs even to, uh, to Ripon and, and hopefully we grow as a family and, and I can grow as a pastor. And so, um, sabbatical, yeah, just as as we started out by saying, it's not a vacation in the sense of just being entertained, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a uh, a time away with with a focus on something, uh, and in my case, it's pilgrimage and and just spiritual growth and renewal. So, hmm. um, I'd be curious to hear what what people uh, think about sabbaticals. If maybe your pastors, um, or if you are a pastor, uh, what your experience has been or some yeah. questions you might have, you could reach out to us. We've been hearing from people who are, are listening. Thanks, Rodolfo, for your wonderful comment. Um, very encouraging <laughs> on last week's episode. Yeah. And um, many others as well who are listening. Um, the Elgersmas in Ontario and uh, lots of others who, who have reached out. We're so encouraged to hear from you. And we hope this episode's been a blessing, maybe even an encouragement for for you, if you don't have a sabbatical policy in your workplace, to at least travel intentionally with spiritual purposes, um, yeah, maybe absolutely. on your own vacation time, instead of just doing the old um, go to the lake or go to the beach, um, go and find something spiritually significant to you that will 
energize you for for serving the Lord um, wherever he is calling you. So yeah. yep, thank you for listening to the episode and we'll be back again with you next week. Um, and uh, God bless you. Grace and peace, you guys.